Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest, greatest, special episode of Game Rivals. I'm one of your hosts, Maximilian X, and as always with me, the man with the master plan, the man who went from Nintendo to PlayStation, it's Sean Templar. How's it going, Sean? I'm good, and it's the best choice I ever made. <laughs> oh, oh, we're going to start like that, are we? We're going to start like that. Okay, yes. all right. <laughs> but uh how are you how, how are you doing today i'm okay i'm okay how are you i'm good i'm good as you can see i'm i uh made sure my background is ready for the occasion oh yes um and today's episode is going to be a special one um it's not going to be a usual episode um for reasons uh, but it is going to be a very nice episode because today we are going to be talking about us for a change Uh, (laughs) normally we talk about video games uh and the game industry and we love doing that but we also love sharing our opinions about these video games but i feel like we've been doing this for a for some time now um and we did do a little bit of an intro if you let go back to episode one please don't go back to episode it's horrible um (laughs) it is actually terrible um we do introduce ourselves a little bit um but we have uh, grown and matured and we have had more people come in uh, and out of course uh, and it's been um, such an amazing journey so far but I feel like you know our opinions but you don't know exactly where they're coming from so uh, for this episode we just wanted to talk about our gaming history um, how we grew up with video games how we discovered video games um, what made us stick to video games um, and it'll, it'll give you a little bit more of a context of what, who we are as gamers um, and how we ended up uh, doing a podcast together. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is just going to be a conversation between me and Sean. Um, so I hope you all enjoy it. Um, and if you like it, please don't forget to share it uh, with other people. Um, and I hope, uh, yeah, you'll have a good time and hopefully it unlocks some memories in you. <laughs> I'm counting on it. So, um, do you want to kick us off, kick it off, or should I? Because I don't know. Like, I think I think it's pretty deep history. Yeah, and I think like like ours were is a bit different because my first console was the NES, and I think yours was a Sega. No, and mine was the Super Nintendo. Oh, was, oh, the Super Nintendo. Oh, even oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like technically, technically, I did play my dad's atari 2600 Mm -hmm. but that was not mine you know what i'm saying yeah so i have experience with video games but this was the first one that i could actually call my own well well, my like the first console i ever played on was the nes but the first one i actually owned was also a super nintendo yeah i don't remember that my uncle he had one uh, nes and uh, he had uh, super mario of course and uh, mm-hmm. we would play the shit out of that. Uh, uh, we weren't really skilled at it, so we would just look at him play it. But eventually, like, the whole family got involved and, like, they were all hooked on it. So he, my aunt, my grandmother, and they were, like, playing till the middle of the night, getting sore thumbs because of the controllers, of course. Uh, <laughs> screaming, shouting, excitement. Um, yeah, so it's a crazy time because... I can't I, I can't remember that part because I was too young, but my grandmother and my aunt sometimes used to tell me those stories. I'm like, whoa, okay, that's pretty cool. Because, you know, for a long time, games has been like a boy's thing or a kid's thing instead of like your whole family. I really feel like only when the Wii came around, it became like, 
a more of a casual thing where grandma and grandpa also play along, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, when, when I got the Super Nintendo, uh, well, not me, but it was a gift for me and my sister mm-hmm. um, for our birthdays. Um, me, and my, me and my younger sister, we, sh- we don't share a birthday, but we're like two days apart and two years. So it's like it's, <laughs> we always celebrate our birthdays at the same time. That's nice. And um, yeah, I did, it's a vivid memory for me because I remember around that time, my uncle came to visit us. Um, who was uh, who was at the time a uh, pastor, mm. um, but now he's a reti- is he retired? Yeah, he's a retired um, uh, principal, um, and he was visiting, and it was very vivid for me because that day was we were we were celebrating. Uh, it was we went, we didn't have a party or anything, um, but we got the Super Nintendo. We unboxed it. It was super fun, and we played it, and we had a lot of fun um and it was my first experience with at least 16-bit because before that like i said it was the atari playing you know um uh, space invaders uh <laughs> people might be thinking like wait you played space invaders on atari 2600 yes, he's that and old. you had a super nintendo yes he's that old you, you have to say it like that way yes i have to yes but anyways, um, <laughs> so that was my first, that was my first experience. And hence, you know, like it was this, literally this version, the Super Nintendo PAL version, because we're in uh, what, what, uh, what we like to call the Europe. Um, so oh. we get the Europe for, European version. Nobody um, calls it the Europe. <laughs> yeah. I call it, I call it the Europe. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's... Uh, the the funny thing is, even at that time, even though I enjoyed it, my parents wouldn't let me play it all the time, obviously, because that would be some level of irresponsibility. Yeah. Um, so we only played on, like, weekends or holidays. Mm. Um, but I wasn't really a game. I wouldn't call myself a gamer at the time. I was just a kid with a video game console that played more than his younger sister because her younger sister um at the time wasn't that good at video games or had um, other interests maybe and had other interests she was more outgoing than i was mm. i was the guy that stayed at home um partially because of the super nintendo but also partially <laughs> because i like reading books um oh. and comics like i grew up reading a lot of books and being creative and doing drawings and other stuff um so yeah video games kind of fit right in there so it's something that i looked forward to was like a reward for me. Mm. Did and, you did you also cherish gaming more if you only played on the weekends or in the on the holidays? Like, did you have a? It's like for me, I could play all the time I wanted, but um, yeah. Did you like have a different experience because you could only play it on the weekends? Did you savor the moment more? Yeah, and like it's not every weekend, so it would sometimes it would literally be like weeks or like maybe months before I played it again mm-hmm. or was allowed to play uh, because I had to focus on my studies and such. And, um, and you know, like reading and other stuff also. So, but I was splitting my time mostly because of that. And um, I did cherish those moments, um, especially when my cousin came over or when I got to visit my cousin because he had an American uh, Super Nintendo. Mm. So he had different games. Oh. Um, 
yeah, like for example, we had a Street Racer, which is this Mario Kart clone. Okay. Which I tried playing it again a couple of years ago, and I couldn't. I couldn't. Oh. I don't know why. I just like. I don't. I think it's more because I didn't have the finger dexterity for it anymore. Mm. Plus, I didn't really play it often when I was at my cousin's place. It, it was for me. It was more fun to look at them play it than me playing it myself. I think, and I maybe have kind of had like nostalgia goggles on when I tried to play it, uh, and it was like, oh, okay, this game is kind of hard. <laughs> so um, yeah, I really did cherish those moments because they were also a bonding moment for me and my cousin. Um, and yeah, I mean, one of the first things that we actually beat together, I mean, I talk about this like all the time and I always bring it up, um, because it is one of my favorite video games is Secret of Mana. Um, I'm the one that discovered Secret of Mana at like the, the, the video, the video lunt, which is our blockbuster or which was, is, was our blockbuster. They're still around, but they're still, but they're just a streaming service now. And they mostly only stream Dutch shows, so yeah. Um, yeah, back then they also. Yeah, I'm actually surprised. I'm legit surprised that they they. I'm pretty sure they looked at Blockbuster and they're like, "We're not gonna do that. We're gonna do what Netflix did." (laughs) And they made a hard pivot into streaming, Um, so they survived to this day as a streaming service. Um, so that's crazy. But yeah, I discovered it at a video launch. I was like, I kept like the the box art just kept drawing me in. I was like, this box art looks so interesting because it's like mostly green because it's a tree, and then you have the three characters. I'm like, what's with the three characters? What's with this tree? What's with the secret? What's what is the secret of Mana? Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> so I rented it once. I played it. And I was like, oh, this is crazy. And I called my cousin. I'm like, yo. I played the I played this weird game. I rented this weird game. You gotta come and check it out sometime. So when he came over, we rented it again, and then we played it. And he was like, "Oh, this is crazy, man!" Mm. I was like, "Yeah, it's crazy, right?" So I asked my mom if I could get it, and I got it for my birthday, um, like a couple of months later. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And like the following spring, uh, got to play it with my cousin. Like he came over um for a spring break it mm-hmm. was like okay we're gonna fit we're gonna finally finish secret of mana do you still have the um, original snes cartridge? i still i still have my original uh, nes cartridge i unfortunately do not have the box and the manual anymore which mm. breaks my heart okay um because the manual was pretty cool but i do have the japanese one. Oh, complete in box nice I'm very proud of it i got it for cheap like i got it for like 12 bucks at the the game over wow okay uh in amsterdam it's like what like this was i think almost a decade ago it's like that's 12 it says 12 euros it's in but is this like complete it's like yeah yeah okay i'll take it it's like you idiots do not know what you were missing yeah Uh, is it worth a lot now well, I went back uh, before COVID, and they actually had another box, uh, box Japanese version, and it was seventy bucks. Oh, damn! So either that one is in way better condition than the one I had, which was in pretty good condition. Mm-hmm. Like maybe the box was a little bit weathered on the corners, but mm-hmm. honestly, compared to like most boxes I've ever seen, like being resold, yeah, it was good. It was really good. Um. 
So it's maybe like the it's like it was the, the cartridge is pristine or whatever. Mm. I don't know. Maybe there's a signature. I legit do not know. Okay. But yeah, it's like um, I don't know. I'll have to check the secondhand market and see like what the resale value of that because Secret of Mana has been getting a lot of or the Mana series has been getting a lot of love, kinda. Um, we had that horrible remake on PlayStation. <laughs> uh, we have that amazing collection of Mana on Switch. So it's like it's kind of like they know to love and they know to respect Mana fans, but they don't know how. Okay. So they'll have hits and misses. Hmm. So um, yeah, so we we played that through the whole spring break. I we beat it. It's the first time. Well, it's not the first time I saw credits roll. The first time I saw credits roll was Super Mario World, but that's the first time I saw that these games were made by Japanese people. And when the credits rolled on Secret of Mana, I, well, this is not how it exactly went, but I essentially turned to my cousin and I said, "I want to be on that list someday." Wow! Someday I want to be on that list. I want to make video games because I want to create experiences like this that I experienced and shared with everybody else. Okay. Wow. He laughed. My, uh, he laughed in my face, of course. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you have to understand. I was like, what, eight at the time? He was. I think a lot of kids wanted to become 12? a game developer when they were small. A little. I, yeah. I mean, the ones that are making games now definitely are the ones that wanted to make games when they were kids. Um, yeah, but it's like I don't know if there are a lot of them though that were like that. Yeah, but unless I, there were PC games, I, I think it's like um, you know when a kid, when you ask a kid, or at the time when you ask a kid like, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" They would say like a firefighter or an astronaut or a pilot. And I think like as soon as gaming became a little bit popular and a little bit more accessible to the masses, like mm-hmm. that was one of the professions that. Uh, people could of kids would say it's just that and i think still to this day still a bit tricky is that like it they've crystallized out how to become a firefighter or how to become an astronaut or how to become a pilot but with games especially then it felt like the wild west because like you didn't have any game-based education like the, the craziest people could become game developers actually did become game developers and even now yeah, there are game developers, but it doesn't... Maybe I'm wrong, but it still does not feel like there are... It's, it's like a niche, you know? Because, like, if you go to a to a college here, like, they all have the same curriculum. They all offer something based on economics or based on psychology or based on uh, accounting or whatever. Whereas if you want to become a game developer in the Netherlands, it's like two or three schools that offer it. One charges you... Uh, an extra fee of uh, at the time it was 500 euros because they had like the special seal of approval and they had mm. like and they were really proud of like we have dev kids from sony and we have a very close relationship oh i know what them. i know which one you're talking yeah, about <laughs> yeah blah 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 and i'm like yeah okay that's yeah. cool but you know so like it to this day at least for me and maybe the landscape has changed but it still yeah. does not feel like it's more accessible to become a triple a game developer i would say an oh indie- it's not because they always require like three years of experience it's like how am i supposed yeah. to get the experience exactly if you're not letting that. me in yeah and like i would say that 
it has become a whole lot easier to become an indie developer because you can teach oh, yeah. yourself, you can make your own game, and there are far more tools to publish your own game now, like Steam or ID at Xbox or PlayStation or whatever. So, like, mm -hmm. it's funny to see that that everybody maybe wanted to become a AAA developer, but it feels these days like now actually everybody wants to become an indie developer because they dictate their own terms and, you know, you don't get, like, all the horrible stories you hear about how hard it can be at some AAA developers or how toxic it can be. So it's... Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. funny how how for my, at least it feels like the landscape hasn't changed the path to AAA hasn't changed that much but the path yeah. into becoming a game developer has mm, definitely yeah absolutely because um yeah because if you look at how people got into game dev development before like i said like most of them were either 80s kids that grew up with basic okay yeah something or, computer science -y. Or 90s kids that indeed, like, or 90s college students that did computer science. Yeah. Like, for example, um, uh, the former president, the, the late president of uh, Nintendo, Iwata-san, he did, like, computer science. Yeah. But he was also, like, a big fat nerd, and he was, like, a master programmer. Yeah. Like, he was Nintendo's fixer, despite the fact that he, at the time, was not an employee of a Nintendo. They just went to where he worked, HAL Laboratories, and they were like, Hey, this guy's good. Um, you can use him to like fix your stuff. And they like, okay, could you like fix our games? Um, so he like fixed like a bunch of games. He complete finished like a bunch of games for Nintendo. And he even made a few Nintendo games like Joust. Like the the super, the super, the Famicom version of Joust was programmed by Awada. Oh wow! Yeah, cool. he did. The, he like did like the physics and like I think NES NES pool. Uh, was also programmed by him. Like he, he made like a P a PC version at the time, with like really good pool physics. And they were like, "We want that on this on the uh, on our Famicom. Could you port that to the Famicom?" So he did, mm. which is crazy. Wow. Yeah, and then let's not forget people like you know Cliff Plazinski, who was like super young when he was working at Epic yeah. and made Jazz Jack Rabbit. I remember you know? that one. I love Jazz Jack Rabbit. Yeah. 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 I remember, like, I played back in the day. So, like, I had the Super Nintendo, and then that was the first console I actually got. And then soon mm. after that, the PlayStation came out, the first PlayStation. And then my uncle got the first PlayStation, and he got uh, Crash Bandicoot on it, I remember. So, we would play that nice. at him. And I immediately I said to my parents, I also want a PlayStation. And they were like, if you want one, <laughs> you have to save up for it and you can get it for your birthday. And I'm like, okay. And then my birthday came around and I got a PlayStation 1 with Crash Bandicoot. And nice. I didn't have a memory card for like the whole PlayStation 1 generation. I did not have a memory card. Oh, please. Who had a memory card? And, Those things are expensive. Yeah, and for most of the PS2 generation, I also didn't have a memory card. Yeah, so... Um, How'd you play games on the PlayStation 2? Oh, we just start them over. Especially since you're a big Metal Gear Solid fan. I around the time MGS came out, I did have a memory card, but like I think oh, okay, in the okay. first maybe one or two years of the PlayStation 2, I didn't have a memory card. But I remember like on the PS1, um it, it, I played Crash Bandicoot and I liked it. And then my mom started playing Crash Bandicoot and she loved it. Like she would come home from work and then she would just lie down on the couch after dinner and she would like play for <laughs> hours and we would just watch. 
And then I remember Time Crisis came out with the toy gun. And then I would yeah. play that with my dad uh, for hours. And that would be fun. And then eventually we found out like you could, um, I don't know what the, the English word is for it, but you could like, oh, you could like have <laughs> your PlayStation 1 modified and then you could yeah, yeah, play yeah. illegal games or like downloaded, get copied games or stuff. Because like, I remember at the time, those games were 120 mm. guilders. Oh, yeah. yeah that was yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of money for, for games, you know? And Wait, how long did it take for you to mod your, your, your console? Well, I think how we, long we, in- we did it pretty soon because we found out my uncle had done it. And so he was like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to cost 150 guilders, but then you can buy games for dirt cheap. So I was like, okay, you know? And then <laughs> we did it pretty soon. I think like within the first two, within the first or second year, like, I don't know when it came out, the option mm-hmm. to do it. But yeah. we did it pretty soon, and then I would just buy games for five bucks or for two fifty, you know. And then oh, so bad. I know. I mean, I, I did it too. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Like my cousin put us up to it. Like after the first, it was like after the first year, like have that modded. Yeah. Because then you can yeah. like get games for yeah. cheap. And I got like a whole bunch of games for cheap. Yeah. That's the only console <laughs> so I did it to. That's the I did after that. I never did it again. Um, but yeah, I remember doing that, and then like I played all sorts of games: Gran Turismo, Siphon Filter. Uh, I, I don't even na- remember the names of certain games, but I remember back then, um, and especially with with the with renting games, you just rented whatever you thought was cool, or you thought what you played what what you thought looked cool. So you didn't care about reviews or whatnot. I remember magazines were around. But I would just buy them because it's something cool to read on. But I wouldn't really care about the review scores. Because I was like, if yeah. a game looks cool, I want to try it, you know. And because with the, with the, with renting, you would like pay five bucks for a day or like three bucks for a week if it was an older game. And then you could just mm. go at it, you know. And if you really didn't like it, you were like, well, I only spent three bucks on this instead of 60 or 70 bucks, you know. That was like a I, I miss renting games I miss so it much. too. Yeah, I, I I don't understand that in this landscape that we are in, that there is no single service that offers that option. The closest thing is Game Pass. It's the closest thing. Yeah, but like, but I, it's not the same. Yeah. Plus, why did it take so long for game for something like Game Pass to come along? So like. Why why was it in a, a service on the PS3 maybe that allowed you to or like on the Xbox Yeah on yeah on the Xbox yeah. 360 yeah, or yeah. like early Xbox One days or PS4 days like where they said like you know you just get a subscription for fifteen bucks I, and for that sub- I think because data caps. Oh, that could be, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think data caps is what kinda like kept that back. And I think that's why we have Game Pass now, because yeah. data caps for the most part, are a thing of the past in most countries. Yeah. Not all countries, most countries. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean... Yeah, and I also remember, like, playing a whole lot more diverse games back then. Yeah, yeah, it gave you, it gave you that yeah, option. Yeah, like, I even played JRPGs back then, you know, because I was like, I don't know, I was just going to try it. I remember playing <laughs> Final Fantasy VIII with a friend, which we just enjoyed a lot, you know? Or we played, um, 
I played Kingdom Hearts on the PS2, the first one, and I enjoyed it. It took a long. Uh, that was a really. I never finished it. It was a really long game. <laughs> was really cool, you know. But also like yeah. the Disney games. Like I remember on the PS1, there was this Aladdin game I used to play, which was really cool. Or there was this uh, Lion King game that we used to play. It was really fun, you know. Whereas only later did you find out that that way as you grow up that licensing licensed games were actually really horrible. Because they always had well, to rush it to bring it out with the movie, or like the, most depended of them. on depended on the license game. Yeah. Like for example, like like you said, Aladdin. Like for example, Aladdin on the Super Nintendo is just like, yeah. I mean, people there are people that swear about the the Mega Drive version. Those people are fools. <laughs> um, nah, just kidding. Love you guys. Um, but like with the Genesis version, they like tout the fact that they used animation cells. Mm-hmm. Like it was hand drawn animation that they did for the Sega Genesis uh, Mega Drive version, and uh, Genesis Mega Drive, same 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 stuff. Um, and like the Super Nintendo version, for me personally, is because the music is just mm. top notch. Yeah. Also, the Super Nintendo had a better sound chip than the Mega Drive, so yeah. Was that sound chip not made by Sony? <laughs> Do you really want to bring this up? <laughs> What the fact that Nintendo screwed over Sony and single-handedly created its worst competitor ever by doing that? Yes, only because Sony tried to screw them over first. I don't know about that part, but uh, I think you know. To be honest, because I've seen like a lot of stuff about it, I've read a lot of stuff about it. I think it's a little mm-hmm. bit of both sides. It's not like one side that is fully to blame. I think it's like yeah, both sides that's to blame, and I think like. The investment from Sony's side was too far along for them to say, like, we're going to drop this. So, like, I think for them, it became the most logical thing to go into gaming because they're like, we're already invested. Plus, it's it's the future because, you know, at that time, Sony was probably one of the leading electronic companies in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. So also, like you said, it was some cost. So, yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Well. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing, right? Despite the fact that I'm still like a primarily like a Nintendo fan, mm-hmm. I still grew up with like because my second console was the PlayStation. Mm. And the that I think I like Secret of Mana made me a true gamer, mm-hmm. but the PlayStation is where I was able to be that true gamer because I because of because I was able to mod my console, I was able to play way more games. Yeah. And I have access to way more games that were not available in, like, Europe. Like, for example, Brave Fencer... I don't think Brave Fencer Musashi ever came out, for example, in Europe. And it's one of my favorite games of all time on the, on the PlayStation 1. Hmm. Played that game a lot. Um... Yeah, also, Final Fantasy Tactics. I, that one definitely never came out in Europe. Ah. Was the yeah. was the PS1 region free? I can't remember. No. No, no right? The, the, at the time, there was nothing as... The only thing that was region free at the time was the Game Boy. <laughs> yeah, because I, rem- I think the PS3 was the first <laughs> console that became region 3 for Sony. Kind of, sort of? Like, the PlayStation 3 oh, oh, no, the PSP? region free, but... The PSP was region free. The PSP free. is... No, the PSP... It is because I remember getting GTA yeah, when it, it came is. out in uh, in America and yeah, I played it, it on it's my PS3. Free. Yeah, that was yeah. the first time Sony did the region free something. Yeah, and then the PS3 yeah. got it, and then I think these days everything's region free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
the, I think the Vita was the last thing that was not region free. I cannot remember, to be honest. Because that one, ha- because it has the same problem as the 3DS had, which is because it has an online store, they had to lock it to the region. Yeah, but the PS3 had that same thing, and the PS3 was region free. Well, the PS3 was region free because you could make mul- you could set up for multiple accounts. Yeah. From different regions. Yeah, but if you sign in with a different account from a different region on your Vita, it would would it not go to that region's uh, store? No, because you couldn't have multiple accounts on your Vita. You could only have the one. Yeah, but I mean, like if you sign so, in with your American PSN account. Yeah, then it'll then it'll allow you to play American games. Yeah. But if you like, were like, oh, let me sign out and sign in with my yeah. European account. It basically formats the whole thing, and it's like it's gone. It's like mm. yeah, you don't have access to these games. Oh, anymore. okay, that's weird. Yeah, it was it was a really weird decision, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Nintendo kind of did a similar thing with the 3DS when they found out that people were switching regions. Oh, at the beginning, so they patched that out super quick. Okay. Like, well, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well. Um. So what did you get after so, the PS One? Did you get an N sixty four? No GameCube. Huh. I skipped the N sixty four. I got the I got the PlayStation instead of the N sixty four. Huh. The funny thing is, is that a friend of mine had an N sixty four, and we played a lot of GoldenEye on it, and we played a lot of Gauntlet on it, and a few of the Mario games and Zelda Ocarina of Time. But I remember like the games of the PlayStation appealed more to me because it was more mature. But and that's only now that I realize it. But like at the time. It felt mm. that the the N sixty four felt like you know how it was with PlayStation and Xbox that they're like neck and neck and they're both really great consoles, but only recently did I find out that the N sixty four wasn't really that great of a console for Nintendo or the GameCube, mm-hmm. and it's like I think it's maybe the because at the time we, I I didn't have like a PC with internet at home you know maybe I would go to the library or be at other places where they had internet so. I wasn't really aware of the whole thing. So, like, in the public's opinion, it was like, oh, the, the N64 is super cool and it's super great. You have all these games and you have this rumble pack <laughs> and this and that. So, like, it was it was hyped up. And, yeah. and then the PS1 had the same thing, you know? And then people were like, yeah, but I have a PS1 and that's much better. And I have an M64, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, years later, I found out, like, oh, but actually the N64 wasn't on, like from a sales figures or from like a different point, it wasn't that great. And the same goes for the GameCube. Like I'm, I think with the GameCube at the time, because the Xbox already also came around that, mm. you know, a lot of people were like, well, the PS2 is the best selling console. So everybody bought a PS2 or they bought an Xbox because of Halo or stuff like that. But I still felt like Nintendo could hold their own with the GameCube. But then again, I also found out later that the GameCube wasn't that great as well. It's like the Wii really brought them kind of back to be, to put it that way. And then they almost squandered it with the Wii U. Yeah, but we'll get to that probably. We'll, we'll, get, we'll, we'll probably touch upon that a little bit. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so the Super Nintendo, uh, just to go back a little bit, the Super Nintendo uh, for me was... a you know, was my first. And um, the uh, Secret of Mana being one of my favorite games of all time was also my first JRPG. Mm-hmm. Before I even know what a JRPG... Before I even knew what an RPG was, I played that game. It was like, oh, this is like... I love... I want to play more of these games, which is why I fell in love with, you know, Final Fantasy and stuff like that. My cousin, like I said, had an American one. Yeah. So he had Final Fantasy VI, a.k.a. Final Fantasy III. Mm. 
And that game has co-op. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, like two-player co-op. I mean, player one controls the character, but once you're in battle, considering that you have a lot of characters, um, like you could assign like who controls which characters. Oh. Which is really cool because at the final boss, you're playing with like all the characters that you've accumulated. Um, so you could literally have like, okay, you you have squad one. Pay attention to when squad one um, needs commands hmm. because it's still like in order because it but because it's uh, Final Fantasy and it's the active time battle. You know, you have to pay attention to the bar that fills up so that you select your command so that the next person can select their commands. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I want to say that we beat Final Fantasy VI that way. It could also be that we never beat Final Fantasy VI because hmm. I do not remember seeing the end credits for that game per, per t- in specifically. Um, but yeah, uh, bef- between renting games uh, back then and getting games for birthdays, like I only have a handful of games that I ever got. I got Secret of Mana. Um, early on, my dad got me uh, a, a shmup called um, Super R-Type. Um, which is a really cool shmup, but I suck at them. Uh, thank goodness for the Nintendo magazine because it had a cheat code in it <laughs> to skip levels. Otherwise, I would never see. I would have never gone beyond level two. <laughs> <laughs> um, now I probably would still get my ass beat by that game, though. I'll be completely honest. I'd probably be better, but I'd probably still have my ass handed to me. Um, Mickey Mania. I also got that for my birthday. Um, because I think I saw it in like another magazine. I was like, oh, a Mickey Mouse game. That looks really cool. Uh, I want it. So I got that. I think again for my birthday. Um, did I get any other games? I think there was one more game, two more games that I might have gotten. And I don't remember which ones they are. And this is for the Super Nintendo or the PlayStation? For the Super Nintendo. Yeah. And the last game that we got was a hand me down from a family friend mm-hmm. who bought who bought a Super Nintendo game thinking it was a NES game. Oh. And they were like, well, we can't play this. Our kids can't use this on their system. Um, but you have the Super Nintendo, so here. That's nice. So that's how we get so that's how we got Yoshi's Island. I'm like, okay. Oh wow. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. And that was the last Super Nintendo game that I got and it's the best Super Nintendo game. Well, the best Super Nintendo platformer. Hmm. Th- the game looks beautiful, and it's just a lot of fun. Come to think of it, I th- I remember playing... I don't, I don't know what it was called, but it was this Star Wars game, which was a side-scroller. And uh, I really enjoyed that one as well. Because it had you played as Luke Skywalker on Tatooine, and you went the blaster, and you oh, went that's the super, that's Super Star Wars. That's I have that. I, I really enjoyed yeah. that game at the time. I bought that, like... Also, like ten years ago, at the same place where I bought Secret of Mana, yeah. Japanese version. It just came to mind. Um, like I, I love that game. Yeah, <laughs> it's a hard game, but it's yeah, so much fun. it's really hard. Yeah, and the music is so good. Yeah, I know. Yeah, because you really felt like you were in Star Wars back then. Yeah. yeah. And then I remember on the PS One, I got Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Oh my god, I, mm. I love that game. How is that? I never played that. That one's really cool. It follows the movies pretty closely, the movie pretty closely, but it's really cool and really fun to play. And like I remember they did a couple of Star Wars games on the PS1. So there was also one called Jedi Power Battles, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that one you could play in co-op. That was really fun. Yeah. 
Oh man. Did you did you beat episode one? I did. Yeah. So you like did you did you also have get the chance to like chop Darth Maul in two? I know that there's a, a battle against him. I don't know if you, I can't remember if you really chop him in two, but I know that there's a boss fight against him at the end. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that game was really cool. Because you also had the force move, so you could like do I think force push. Something mm-hmm. like that. So that's really cool. Nice. Yeah. And it had the soundtrack and you know it was all in three D and yeah, man. Like you never think about it, but now because we're talking about it, like some of these games yeah. pop back in. I'm like, oh my god, because like I played that one, and I only played, for example, Metal Gear Solid is one of my favorite games ever. But I only played, start playing MGS when MGS two came out, because I had oh, never man. heard of MGS before that. And then I remember, like when I was a kid, I would help out in my local uh, video rental store, and then in return I could like borrow some games. And nice. uh, sometimes when new games would come in, they would just hook up a PS2 or an Xbox and just try them out there. So I remember when Metal Gear Solid 2 came out, they were playing it one day, and I was like, whoa, this looks really cool. And I remember at the time, there was a lot of hype for Metal Gear Solid 2 because it. a lot of people said this looks almost photorealistic for, you know, at the time. And it really looked good. It still holds up today. It still does good. Yeah, but yeah. It, for, it, for the time, it looked really good. Because they used stuff like motion capture and stuff like that back then. And um, I remember playing it and I'm like, whoa, but what's the first part like? Or, or who is this guy? And they were like, yeah, you need to play one to figure out who this guy is. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I borrowed MGS1 and I played like, I wasn't really good at it in the beginning, but the more I tried, the better I got at it. And I remember I had gotten it, but I only got the discs. I didn't get the case from the person I borrowed it. So, for example, oh, I didn't... so you didn't have the radio signal? Yeah, I didn't have the Merrill radio frequency. So, like, eventually, oh, no. I was, like, asking that for, like, what's the frequency? It's like, it's on the box. But I don't... I don't like, yeah, you didn't give me the box. I'm like, oh, crap. Well, then you'll just have to go through all the frequencies one by one. And then, like, I did that. No! I did. Yeah, it took me, like, a half hour or something. Yeah. And what? then I remember when, when you needed to switch disc two. I've mentioned this before, I think. Like, when I got my PS1, my uncle always said, you are not allowed to open the disk drive while the PS1 is on. So when you have to pop in disk 2, I just turned off yeah. the PlayStation, put in disk 2, turned the PlayStation back on, and that didn't work. I'm like, what? Why is this working? And I tried to do all sorts of stuff, and it didn't work. And then I spoke to the friend again, and he said, like, no, you have to pop open the disk drive while the PlayStation is open, uh, turned on, and then pop in the second disk, and then it should be fine. I'm like... But doesn't that gonna, is that not gonna break the PlayStation? Because I was told that you're not allowed to do that. It's like, ah, just do it. I'm like, oh, okay. So I was like really scared when I'm when I'm switching discs, and then eventually it just turned out to be that that was the way. <laughs> that is the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, disc swapping, man. That's also a crazy. I always now. used to remember like the Final Fantasy games, like all of them would come in these thick disc uh, boxes because. They would have four discs. Yeah, I think Final Fantasy VII was three discs. And then from eight onwards, it was four. Yeah. So eight had four, uh, nine had four. Yeah. And it was also funny to, to see the difference that the PlayStation used CDs, so it had these plastic disc covers, box arts, and the Super Nintendo had cardboard. So like it's still a different feeling, but... You know, it felt more modern on the PlayStation. The N64 still had cardboard because those are used cartridges too. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, okay, so if you were to... Okay, what is 
how do I ask this? What would be your like the defining memory for you, like growing up playing games? Oh, the most like the the thing that you would say like, okay, this is the moment that I feel that like I wanted gaming to be a part of my life. Oh, I think. I think yeah, I think it has to be either around the time that I had the Super Nintendo. I I can't remember a lot from those days because I was pretty young. I think it it was either when I got a Super Nintendo and I was playing like Mario, or it was around the time when I got a PS One and I was playing uh, Crash Bandicoot because I remember when playing Crash Bandicoot, I would my uncle had a PS One and I had a PS One, so like we would go in the weekends, we would go over there. And then, like, my cousin would be there. And so my uncle and my cousin and I would play games. So, like, we had this moment that we could do something together besides going outside and also all sorts of stuff. But, like, there was this new thing we could share with the three of us. And that kind of made it, like, I was like, I really like this. And I really want to keep on sharing these moments. And, like, a lot of the times we would just be at my grandmother's in the weekends and then just play all sorts of games on the PlayStation. And I remember in the PS2 games, we would play, me and my cousin would play a lot of FIFA or Pro Evolution Soccer. Like for hours and hours, we would play that against each other just to pass the time. And uh, yeah, I think like the, I think the first time I got to experience gaming with with my family. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's legit awesome. Yeah. Ah, man. Good times, man. Good times. Yeah. I've said this before, but I think we are very fortunate to like, I'm grateful that I live in the time that I am that I was born in the time that I was born because yeah. I got to experience and the same comes for you I think is like I got to experience gaming like at the at the sweet spot like when yeah. it's when it made that switch to 16 bit or 3D or whatever cuz like my nephew yeah. there's he, a lot of evolutions that we've gone yeah through. so my nephew he's 8 he has a nintendo switch and i i gifted my uncle my uh my old ps4 and uh, you know a couple of games so like they play crash bandicoot together or they play grand turismo together but my nephew only knows the switch or ios games or other games on his tablet brawl stars or whatever he plays like his ipad is always full of games <laughs> and um i like he he's always interested when i'm playing games he's always like what are you playing and then he wants to see what i'm playing you know i was i was playing kina earlier this year and he was like whoa that is so cool i was like whoa i was like oh what are you doing is that a boss fight and he was constantly asking like about boss fights you know and then yeah. when I was playing Horizon Forbidden West, he would constantly come by and it's like, oh, wow, did you beat the boss? Whoa, is that a dinosaur? Is that a T-Rex? Whoa, you know, like the kid was completely <laughs> amazed. And then yeah. uh, after Horizon Forbidden West, I, I like rarely played anything until now because I've been watching a lot of TV shows or hanging out outside. And then like, like every week he asks me like, have you already found a new game to play? Or what are you playing right now? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not playing anything. He's like, well, why aren't you playing anything? Are you okay? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm just not in the mood to play anything. I was like, but why? You know, and like, Are I'm like, okay? oh, poor kid, your whole world is, I, I really recognize myself in yeah. it because like your whole world is, is centered around gaming. And like growing up, that was partly 
It, like I remember vividly in the in the winter we would all just stay inside and we would play games all the day, you know. And then in the summer we would just go outside and hang out. Like, whoa, that's just so funny to to see that. Yeah. Oh my. Wait. Could you hear that? By the way, the stupid sirens. No. Oh, good. Yeah. Um. That is honestly that is beautiful to see that. Yeah. You know, it feels like you've come full circle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Also, it's nice to see that he gets super concerned when you're not playing. Yeah, games. it's crazy. You're like, well, thanks, kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh man. Um, did you okay, so I'm so I have this story, and it's 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 funny in hindsight. Yeah. But at the time it was not funny. <laughs> um, so like like I said, I did not own a uh, N64 at the time, um, but my cousin's friend did, mm-hmm. and we would like you know we would go to his place and we'd hang out there. We would play snowboard kids, we'd play Golden Eye, uh, Mario Kart, basically any uh, N64 multiplayer game. We would play, especially snowboard kids, mm-hmm. which is where my love for snowboard kids come from. Oh my gosh, they should really bring that back. Ah, oh, so good. Um, also found out recently there was a PlayStation version that is superior looking, (laughs) just superior looking. It still had low times. Um, also like it's the same game, but the characters look way different and I don't know why. Okay. I don't know why they did that. It's super weird, but it's literally the same game. Anyway. Um, so one time we went to this, I went to this friend's place. I distinctly remember saying, I'm going out to a friend's house, bye. And then I closed the door behind me and I left. I have, you know, at that time I was a bit older. I think I was like uh, 11 or something, 10, 11. It was before, I think it was either before I started high school or, or a little after, something like that. So I closed the door and I went there. We had fun, you know, we played games. Um, after we played games, they started playing um, Magic the Gathering. I was like, okay, you know what? I don't play. I don't get it. Bye. Um, so I came back. It's not even that far where this guy lives. It's like maybe it's it's not it's not it's not far. Let me put it that way. It's not far. Okay. But it was by the time I came back, it was dark. Mm-hmm. It was or it was getting dark. I always had to get back before it got dark. And I got back and it was, it was, you know, starting to get dark and I got home. And the first thing is like, Michael's dash. Oh, for God's sake, I just. <laughs> it's okay. Sorry. It's okay. I'll have to bleep that out. Um, Max, is that you? And it's like, yeah, it's me. Like, yeah, why? It's like, where have you been? It's like, <laughs> mom and dad went looking for you because they touched you <laughs> because they couldn't find you and oh you weren't God. home. It's like, what? But I was at a friend. Oh my god! I said bye. Like, and my mom got back. She was so upset. <laughs> Yo, you wouldn't believe how oh upset she was. My oh, goodness, man. I got I got a real like stern talking to back there. I was like, ah, but I said bye. Nobody <laughs> heard me. <laughs> it was like, oh my gosh, that was so. Oh my, I was at that point. I was like, every time I made sure that my parents knew that when I went out, I. Let them know I'm going out now. <laughs> it's like, oh man, 
Like, ah, shoot, man, why? Oh. Um, man, I got in trouble that day. Were, they, were you not allowed to play games for a while? No, no, no. Well, mm, no, no. Okay. So, I mean, I got in trouble, but it wasn't like I wasn't allowed to play. It's just that I had to make sure that if whenever I went somewhere, I made sure to say where I was going. Mm. And this was in a time before cell phones. So you can imagine. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, it's not like cell phones didn't exist. It's just that cell phones were expensive as mm. crap. They still are, which is kind of ironic, but at least you can get cheaper options now. Yeah, but it's funny that how cell phones started out is like they became, they were really expensive. They got cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and at really, really dirt cheap. And now they're becoming mm. more expensive. There's still mid-range options, yeah. but like... Some phones are a thousand plus that you have to pay for it. And like, I never okay. thought we would get to that point that we're going to pay a thousand dollars for a phone. It's still crazy that we do, right? Yeah. And if you think about what you do with it, like I, I have an iPhone because I've always had one and like, I, I like the ease of it and I don't care about the Android, the blah, blah, blah is better. I always say like, there is no better. It's what you prefer, you know, or what you don't want to do with it. A lot of my friends have Androids and they're like, oh, you just pay more for the iPhone. I don't care. But if I think about what I do with my phone, it's not that much. So like I could easily just get away with a cheaper iPhone. It's just that I don't want to because <laughs> yeah, you're like, well, I want the best camera yeah. around or well, I want the best screen around. And even though mm. like, you know, I bought like the the the, the big iPad Pro, like the the, the twelve point yeah. nine. I had the eleven inch, I sold it, I bought the big one. And then like when I'm thinking about like how often do I use it, I'm not using it a lot right now, only to, to either watch YouTube or uh movies or mm. play hours of Rome Total War. <laughs> um <laughs> I don't use it a lot, but like every time that I use it, I am really happy that I'm using it. And like, I'm thinking like for what I do with it, I could easily have kept the 11 inch or I could easily have bought a cheaper one, but I'm like, Oh, and these devices are a thousand plus. I'm like, yeah, I don't care. And like the same with, with the playstations, like it was f 500 for the disc edition, 400 for the, for the digital edition. I deliberately chose a digital edition. I'm, I'm still happy that I did. Games are a little more expensive. And a lot of people were saying, like, yeah, but why would you not go for the disc edition? Because you're going to miss out on trading. You're going to miss out on second hand. And I'm like, yeah, I just, but I like the design of the digital edition. I don't like the, the, the <laughs> ugly disc drive sticking out. <laughs> Plus, what I've noticed in my gaming habits is that it's changed the way I play games because now, like in the PS4 era, I just bought all sorts of games. Like in a digital sale, I would just buy them or physically I would buy them. You know, if I looked in my, in my cupboard, I would find like all sorts of games right now that I still either haven't finished or have barely played, you know, in the PS3 days, it was even worse. Like I have games still wrapped, you know, because <laughs> I would just buy stuff. But now because of the whole digital thing, I'm a, I'm a lot more selective on what I buy and when I buy it. Mm. So like. I bought Kina in the sale. It was 26 euros. And I bought it, like, I think the week before Horizon Forbidden West came out. I enjoyed that game. I would have paid 40 for it, but uh, it was a sale. And I wasn't even waiting for a sale, but just when the time came, I saw it and I bought it. I bought Horizon Forbidden West for, 
I, I swapped out the digital code for a physical copy with a friend of ours, with Gizmo. So he bought the Regala edition mm. and he got a digital code. He gave it to me. I bought him a physical edition. So I paid like 70 for it. Um, that game was well worth it. But like, I don't buy all sorts of games now, mainly because of pricing, because like 80 bucks is a lot. But I've also mm. noticed that because I'm a lot more selective on that, like I actually finish games now before I buy another game. Whereas uh, in the past, I would just be in the middle of one game and then buy another game and then maybe already play that game and forget about the other game or just have like the game forever sit in my backlog and now I'm like actually finishing games before I buy them and I'm really happy that I am doing that. Yeah. So weird. I, that that actually, you know what? I will, I will, I will because I always give you guff about the, di- the digital only version know. because you keep complaining about the price, but that mindset is actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, the only, the only thing that keeps me from going like, well, will I pick up a disc version or a disc less version is, um, yeah. Yeah. I can understand that. For me, for me, it's kind of more of the preservation. Like I just like, before we recorded, I told you that I picked up like this. Yeah. (laughs) And you were like, what's that? It's like, oh, it's a golf game and it's like a launch title for the Wii. And um, I didn't even tell you why I picked it up. No. Um, but basically, the reason why I picked it, this up is when the Wii was coming out. It was 2006, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, I was also finally getting into PC gaming mm-hmm. around 2003-ish. Mm-hmm. I was finally getting into PC gaming. Um, but my PC was crap. It sucked. Um, it was the first time I modded a PC, so it was a PC that we bought years and years ago. And at the time, it was getting like low specs. So what I did was I bought parts, mm-hmm. or not, I did not buy it. My dad bought parts, and I built it because I was learning how to build PCs at the time. So I built that computer with decent specs to play video games. And one of the games that I ended up playing was an online game called uh albatross 18 Your... or panya yeah and that's this golf game but the pc version is of obviously an online version um and uh you know you could you could only play that online and it was only on pc and then they ported it or they made a version mm. for it for the wii at the time and that's this one mm. so and i wanted to pick it up forever back then because i really liked that golf game and i thought an offline version that would be fantastic yeah i don't have to work if my internet doesn't work i can still play it um i there's a story mode now and i can play with all the characters and unlock everything without having to use real game money because it used microtransactions oh that it's that early whoa um yeah it's crazy 2006 microtransactions oh my god weird, right <laughs> um so yeah, it was it was something really interesting for me, and it's nice that I can have this because guess what? The online version doesn't exist anymore. Oh yeah, Yay. yeah. So you know, like I don't know if there are people out there that set up a private server. Mm-hmm. It could be. I don't know. Um, but at least I have this version, and I played it last night. I did not know that this game is four by three. Oh, it is super weird because the Wii is 480p widescreen. Oh, wow. 
the game is a launch title and it's forced four by three. Like it has black borders on the side. When I booted up the game, I'm like, that wait, is this game four by three? And it was four by three, which makes no sense because even the GameCube was widescreen. 480 480i, 480p if you had well, the, they did a poor job on the, the port then. That's it was it's such a weird decision. I do know that the PC version is also by default four by three, but it has widescreen options. Okay. There they were bad widescreen options, but they existed. I think that might be why it's that way, but considering that the game doesn't exist anymore, I can't go back and verify it, obviously. Yeah. And it broke my heart when it did go when it did shut down. Not because I bought a lot of stuff. I think I used microtransactions maybe once or twice mm-hmm. in like the, I think it was around for almost 10 years. Wow. It was just a lot of fun. I mean, the graphics weren't great, but it was an online game. Who cared? Yeah. You played with other people or you played solo. Um, it was just a lot of fun. Like outside of maybe Mario Golf, which I didn't really play a lot of. Um. Actually, I don't think I've ever played Mario Golf. Yeah, no, no, I did. 3DS. I have Mario Golf on my 3DS. It's okay. Um, but I really love Panya. I love the, the swing mechanic. I love the characters, the customization, despite the fact that you have to grind forever to, like, finally buy a costume or, you know, use real real money to buy it. And that was in a time it was like, the only way you could pay for it was with PayPal. <laughs> oh wow! If you want to do microtransactions and you live in the in, in you live in Europe, you you needed to use PayPal. There was no other way, or you have to use a credit card. Mm. I, I don't have a credit card. Um, and back then, using PayPal, especially in the Netherlands, was a pain. I mean, you have to imagine you always have to transfer money to your PayPal account to be able to use the PayPal account. <laughs> Even though it was linked to your like bank account, you couldn't use it like linked to your bank account like you can now. Um, so that yeah, I don't know. So I I saw this for like less than five bucks recently. I was like, okay, I have to pick it up. Um, because I wanted to do a piece on it, uh, not on the podcast or anything, just maybe on my uh, on my on my YouTube channel or whatever. Or if it's not a lot that I can talk about, maybe do it on my TikTok or whatever and just share it. You know, it's also a form of game preservation. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's it's just, a, it, yeah, I mean, that's the most important thing to me. So I'm still contemplating. I don't know which version of the PlayStation 5 I'll be picking up mm-hmm. someday, but... It I, will, I will have a PlayStation 5 in a few. For me, I think it's... Wait, no. Wait, I do have to pick up a disc version because I won... Um, Star Wars. Fallen Order. Yeah. So that's yeah. what this uh, For me, it's like partially a space thing like that. I don't have a lot of space to store all my games, you know? Mm. So like I have the, my, my TV cupboard and it has like three uh, uh, se- separate uh, uh, cupboards in it. And it's already yeah. stacked with loads of stuff. So, like, the middle part <laughs> is where all my games are. But, like, yeah. it's really full, you know? And I'm like, I like the convenience of having multiple games installed on my PlayStation, not having get, to get up off the couch and just switch between the games. True, so that true. also kind of plays into um, my whole 
being happy with the digital edition. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't have a lot installed on my PlayStation right now, but you know, the ease of switching and sa- yeah. saving physical space, you know. True. Yeah. But I have like two bookcases. Yeah, uh, in, that I can put my games in. Yeah. So like, which is kind of funny because like, um, I thought I had way more games. I have a lot of games. I thought I had way more, and then I realized since the Wii, I have a lot of games digitally. Oh. You know, but between virtual console and like games that I bought on Wii U um, and on my 3DS, I have a lot of games digitally on my 3DS, which is ridiculous considering that the 3DS maximum space that you can have on an SD card is 32. Oh, wow. So I actually have to buy another 32 gigabyte card so that I can download all the other games before the, si- before the store closes. Mm. But that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Game preservation. Love it, but also at the same time, I hate it so much if you're doing it yourself. Yeah. Um, I'd rather have other people do game preservations. Um, and that's why like institutions like the Video Game um, History Foundation are like really good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I think, I don't know. I, don't, I, I mean, I, sh- I could talk about more video games, but I think in a nutshell which is about an hour now. <laughs> Let's uh, This is kind of this is kind of like how this is kind of like how we are. Yeah, I think we can do like a, a part 1 now because we haven't yeah. talked about PS3 or Xbox 360 or handheld or, or Game Boy yeah. or like so Oh man, I we could talk about Game Boy for hours. Yeah. So like maybe we can do like a part 1 now and then we'll do a part 2 like weeks after this airs because then we have like a regular episode in between um yeah. so we'll have like a second bonus episode um so then we can just talk about all sorts of other stuff and then maybe at the end we do like where we think it's all going to go towards yeah 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 let's do that cool yeah all right so i think with that we can end it um end of part one for now end of end of part one for now yeah so uh sean if you will do the honor. Oh, yeah, I have to do that, yeah. Uh, so thank you for uh, <laughs> tuning in to this bonus episode. Um, this is a multiple-part series. We just decided on that. <laughs> 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 so um, do definitely stick around. You can find us on your favorite podcasting platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Overcast. You name it, we're probably there. Um, you can find us on YouTube. The episode goes live with the audio version on the Wednesdays. Uh, we will put the YouTube link in the description uh, of the episode. Um, you can reach us through email, gamerivalsfeedback at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, uh, game underscore rivals underscore. Maximilian is also on Twitter, uh, at Maximilian. Um, we're on Instagram, uh, at gamerivals and at uh, Maximilian underscore X. Um, we both have uh, like a link in the bio. So if you click on that link, you can find like all sorts of stuff, including the YouTube link, for example, or the podcast link uh, or the Twitch links, because we're also on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Maximilian underscore X or slash Sean Templar. Um, we're on TikTok at Game Rivals at Maximilian underscore X. Um, and on that note, for now, I have been and always will be Sean Templar. And I have been and always will be Maximilian X. I will catch you in part two. Later.